Okay, well, let's get into the Word. Uh, let's read, as we have been always reading, Matthew 6, verse 33. And, uh, man, we could put a little bit of a jingle to this by right about now. We, we know this off by heart. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So the first week, uh, we discussed that there is this internal battle that goes on on the inside of us for putting the kingdom of God first, right? We highlighted that there's this battle of eternal or earthly treasures. That naturally we go towards earthly treasures, but God calls us to live an eternal life. That there's this battle for money or God as master. That in our life, we, we can't serve both, Jesus says. We have to choose one. We serve money or we serve God. And the third battle we highlighted was this battle of worrying about our possessions, worrying about our provision, or trusting in God, that trusting that He's going to provide. And as the verse says, uh, that look around, look around you, that God provides for the animals of the earth. How much more does He care for you as a human being, as an image bearer of God? And so in the second week, Esther spoke about idols, how we can still struggle with idols, even though it was something that uh, the people in the Old Testament struggled with. Uh, we may not bow down to physical idols today, uh, but we can still have idols in our hearts, things that we place before God. And I just spoke this great message on modern idols. And uh, last week, we, we hit the controversial topic of tithing and speaking about how God still requires us and asks us to bring the tithe into the house of God. As I highlighted before, Matthew 6 verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one or love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And in summary, and if you weren't here last week, I really, uh, uh, I really encourage you to listen to the podcast last week. In summary, uh, tithing is the practice of returning back to God what is His, so that His house will be full of food. And that's kind of a picture describing how God wants His house to be full of food to nourish His believers. Both We, we love food here at Disciple House, physical food, but it's talking more about kind of that, uh, how the house of God is there to sustain people through life, that they'll be fed pastorally, that they'll be fed through the Word, that they'll be fed in community, so that there will be food in his house for those who are in his house, but also for those who are yet to come into the house of God. And also, there's this amazing thing. There's also a personal blessing on our finances when we give, because the word uh, in um, Malachi says that God can then rebuke the devourer over our finances and release the blessing of God upon them. So today, we're going to continue part two of our Kingdom First finance message and we're going to look at another way that we can put the kingdom first in our finances. Last week we spoke about tithing. Today we're going to speak about another way that we can put God first in our finances. And throughout this series we've been asking this question, what does it look like for someone to put God and the advancement of His kingdom first? You, you remember this question, right? We're really having a serious look at this question because we want to be a people who put the kingdom of God first, right? That's what we want to do. It's, it's a desire of ours, but we know that there are some things that block us from doing that. And today, we're going to be unpacking that it looks like being someone who is generous. Looking like someone who is generous. That's another way that we put the kingdom of God first through our finances. First Timothy uh, chapter 6 says this, 
Teach those, and I've just got to warn you, it, it does, there's no build-up. It's just straight in. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is unreliable. Hello, we, we know this to be true. We, we, 2020, last year and this year, we know that finances are unreliable. It's up and it's down. This, the verse says that, that uh, teach those to trust. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. I love that. It's not just that we would have what we need, but God also wants us to have enough to enjoy this life here on earth as well. Verse 18, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure We've heard this word before, right? Their treasure, not storing up treasures on earth, but storing up treasures in heaven. By doing this, they'll be storing up uh, their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. All right, just real quickly. First Timothy is a, uh, one of the three pastoral letters that Paul wrote to his young leaders. And basically, it's actually a, today, it's, it's, it's a letter for pastors instructing them how to pastor, how to minister to their people. And one of the instructions in this book, one of the instructions in this chapter is verse 17. It is my responsibility as your leader, as someone who is a pastoral leader that you've decided to allow me to speak into your life. It's my responsibility to teach you to be someone who is generous. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to dive into that concept. Also, I want to focus on this. First John verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or a sister in need, but has no pity on them, other translations say that they close their heart towards others. The question is, how can the love of God be in that person? Ouch, that's a, that's a spicy verse right there. Come on, let's pray. Father God, I thank you again, as always, for your word. I thank you that it's there to challenge us. I thank you that it's there to equip us to do good works. I thank you that it's there to shape us and mold us to become more and more like Christ. And it's also there to encourage us. And so, Father, I pray that you'd speak to us. Father, I pray that you would renew and change our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone with faith said, Amen. Amen. Generosity. Uh, it's, it's probably not a concept that you've never heard of before or even something that you've encountered before, something that you've kind of experienced someone being generous to you. Uh, this is because uh, Australians, uh, we're not hostile to generosity. In fact, we kind of embrace generosity. We, we think generosity is a really good thing. It's actually a, a real integral part of our culture and our DNA in Australia. It's a, it's a, it's a thing that we uphold, that we value. Uh, as a society, we uphold generosity as a good moral virtue. In Australia, we're kind of like, generosity is a great thing. And so if therefore, if someone's generous to you, uh, you, you kind of think that they're a top bloke. You're like, oh, this... This person's, this person's a great guy. This, this girl's an, an amazing woman. Wow, I feel, I feel blessed. I feel generous. Whereas in other cultures, if you were generous to someone, it would kind of bring dishonor on you. It would be shameful to receive something from someone else. But in our Australian context, we actually appreciate generosity. We love when someone buys a drink for us or buys, put, puts the meal on, on their card. We're like, oh, thank you. I, 
actually really appreciate it. Things are a bit tight this week. Thank you that you paid for my steak. But we're actually really grateful for that. And uh, it's actually really interesting. There's this study released each year called the World Giving Index. And basically, this is a study that's released by experts uh, that measures which country is the most generous every single year. And it's measured by three criteria. One, are they willing to help a stranger? Two, how much time they've given, so volunteering time. And three, how much money given. Isn't it so interesting that this is just really true attributes of what a believer should be? And the world is kind of uh, measuring these things. Well, from 2019 to 2018, Australia averaged a rank of fourth for all of those years, which is quite significant considering how small of a population that we have as a nation in comparison and even GDP, our gross income comparatively to many other nations. I think it's quite amazing. But what's really, and, and USA was always fourth uh, in that time uh, with other leaders like Canada and the UK. And uh, we're just kind of trying to, always trying to beat our big brother, the UK. We're giving it a good go. Uh, but what was really interesting was that uh, the study that was released in 2020, which obviously we know was quite a chaotic year, uh, it, the, the interesting thing is that those who would normally sit in the top 10 saw a massive decline in their giving, in, in works, serving a stranger, giving of time and giving of money. Uh, but here's the thing. The amazing thing is that Australia and New Zealand, we hung around. We, we stayed in the top 10. Uh, but other world, uh, other leaders, other countries like the USA, Canada, Ireland, the UK and the Netherlands, that they're normally in the top 10. They're gone, completely gone. And what was so amazing to read was that third world nations took their place and actually took position uh, in the countries that had given the most. And in 2020, it went like this. Uh, first place went to Indonesia, which absolutely blew my mind. I, I, I couldn't comprehend it. And it's a, it's a real good reminder for us that, you know, it's not about how much you have. It's about the ability to be able to give and, and, and give out and, and, and give gifts to people. Second was Kenya. Third was Nigeria. Fourth was Myanmar. And fifth was Australia. We still hung in there despite what was going on in our nation. And so take that UK, take that USA. We were still there. Here's the thing. All of that to say this, this shows that Australia values generosity. We value it. We uphold it. We count it as a good virtue in our culture and in our society. And so inherently, uh, because of the place where we live, because of the culture that we are a part of, we kind of have a good grip, a good understanding on what generosity is. But here's the thing. When it comes to generosity in a biblical sense, it goes much deeper than a good deed. It goes much deeper than a donation here or a donation to a cause or, you know, this bushfire appeal or, or when we feel like, oh, man, I really feel gripped to give. It, it's more than that. The, the, the Bible goes way deeper into that. From the Bible's point of view, being generous is not just something that we do that we flick on and off, but it's a state of constant being that we are generous, that we're not just generous when we feel like it that we're not just generous when we've had a good paycheck, but that as believers, we are constantly a generous people. It's a part of who we are, that generosity would become a part of our nature. 
Let's read First John again. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or a sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God, love of God, be in them? Hear me, uh, hear me, uh, hear this this morning. First John teaches us that generosity is so important to the heart of God that if it is not displayed in a believer, it is questionable as to whether they truly have the love of God in them. And if we want to be a people who are kingdom first, generosity needs to be not just something that we do, but something that we are becoming, something that we're pursuing, something that we really want to have as an attribute in our life. And so today, I want to speak on some thoughts on generosity, and we'll also finish with some real uh, practical ways that we can outwork generosity. And, uh, and now you might be hearing, oh, Sam, I was, I was here last week for your message on tithing. And now you're saying God wants more money. God wants more of my money, Sam. You said I had to give 10% to the house of God. And now you're saying God wants more of my money. Yes, I'm sorry to say it, but tithing is just the beginning of what God has to say about your finances and how he sees that you would use your finances to bless and impart into people. And uh, here's the thing, it's really important that we know the difference. There's been two separate messages when it comes to tithing and when it comes to generosity. Tithing is our minimum standard of returning back to God what is God's. And generosity is how we bless others and reveal Christ. That's the main difference between tithing and generosity. Generosity isn't tithing. Tithing is returning that 10% back to God. And generosity is what we decide to do with the 90% that we have left over. How we're going to bless people. Obviously, first making sure that we provide for our household so that then we can bless people from that place. Okay, here we go. Here's a few thoughts on generosity. The first one is this. Generosity is living open-handed. Generosity is living open-handed. This is literally the definition that we find throughout Scripture open-handed, that we're fostering a heart, this is an internal thing, and that we're also practically living a lifestyle of being ready to give and ready to share, being open-handed. So here in the room today, you can see my hand is open. This, this is living open-handed, that nothing that is yours is actually yours, that it, that it really is and belongs to God. And if God was to ask you to give a certain amount, if God was to ask you to give a certain possession or give of your time, that we wouldn't be close-handed. We'd be like, no, God, that's my money. That's my time. That's my effort. That we would live open-handed towards people uh, and not even open-shut. There's, there's a song that Jordan sings, open, shut them, open, shut them, give a little clap. You know the song? That, that's, that's not our, maybe you don't know the song. That's okay. It's a little nursery rhyme. But here's the thing. We don't want to live like that. We don't want to live open, shut them. We want to live in a constant state of an open hand towards people. And this was the deeper meaning that I was mentioning before, that living open-handed is not just something that we switch on and off and we feel like it when a cause really grips our heart, but that we live committed to a lifestyle of being ready, ready to give and ready to share to people. We actually get this idea 
from the Greek word uh, in the verse that we read before in 1 Timothy uh, verse 18. Tell them to use their money to do good, that they should be rich in good works and generous. And that word generous literally means to be ready to distribute. Ready to distribute. When I hear the word distribute, I, I kind of think of a truck that's kind of full and, and ready of goods and ready to go. That our lives, that our hearts would be ready to distribute. Not that we would, uh, um, that, that what this means is that we actually have enough ready to go. That we're prepared to give something to people when they need it. You know, there's this couple in our lives that have totally blown Esther and I away as we've journeyed life with them. They are just outrageously generous. And they actually live this out. They live out an open-handed lifestyle. And what it looks like for them is that they've actually budgeted. They've bought a house in a certain area. They, they could have bought way more kind of in another area. But they've, they've bought in this area and they've budgeted this way. And they're doing things that way. So they have a lot of margin in their life. Not just to, they have enough margin to, you know, live a great life, but they also live large in generosity. And, and honestly, you get blessed by them once, you're like, wow, that's amazing. You're an amazing Christian. Twice, you're like, gosh, like, okay, like the third time, oh my goodness. And then fourth, and by the fourth or fifth time, we were like, man, like this is really challenging us to live generously, to live open-handed. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thought. Generosity is a command. Generosity is a command. We read it before. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. The trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good, and they should be rich in good works and generous. And again, we don't need to dive into the Greek to kind of work out what's going on here. It's very clear that those who are rich are to be generous. Not that it's a suggestion, not that it's a maybe, but that we are to be generous. That it's something that marks the believer in the Christian life. And so I guess the question that you might be asking yourself right now is, am I a rich person? Do, do I qualify for what the verse is saying uh, in this passage? And here's a few questions. Uh, do, uh, the word rich here means abundance, that there's an abundance of, of what you have. And here's, uh, here's a few questions to ask yourself if you're rich or not. Do you have a stocked pantry at home? If you do, and, and you might not be the, the, the parent, you might be a young person. If you're living in a household that has a stocked pantry, you are rich. You, you are well off. You have an abundance. Do you have access to an abundance of water? If you do, you are rich. You are rich. You, you have a lot and you are so blessed. If you ate even one meal yesterday, maybe you had one meal and a couple of snacks. I don't know. For me, I think I had three meals yesterday, a few snacks and a few chippies as I was preparing this message, realizing that you are rich, that you have a lot at your disposal. If you had a place to sleep last night, you are rich. You, you are so well off. You are so blessed. And if you bought a coffee yesterday, well, let me tell you, that liquid gold, you, you are very rich if you were able to bought, buy a coffee yesterday. Am I a rich person? The question to that answer is, the answer to that question is, yes, you are. And so when you read this verse, 
this command is for you, that you would live that generous life. Here's the thing, you may not be rich by the standards of our culture or kind of what Western society would say, but in comparison with the rest of the world and in the eyes of Jesus, which is more important, you are beyond wealthy. You are beyond wealthy. And here's the thing, beyond what possessions we have, if you know Jesus, you are rich. You, you are rich. If all you have is Christ, you are richly blessed in Jesus' name. Here's kind of the standard that, that God has when it comes to those who are rich. Luke 3 verse 11 says this, If you have two shirts, give one to the poor. And if you have food, share it with those, sorry, with those who are hungry. You know, to God, those who have more than one are rich. Those who have more than one. Do you have two dollars? You're rich. Do you have more than one shirt? You are rich. Do you have more than one pair of shoes? You are rich. You know what I'm saying, and I'm not going to kind of ramble on anymore, but here's, here's the idea. We are a rich and blessed people, and we are blessed to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen? Here's the other thing, but more than a command, more than a command, generosity is an expression of our gratitude. Number three, generosity is an expression of our gratitude. Much like tithing, if being generous is a struggle for you, it reveals a deeper heart issue that is taking place in your heart and in your life. How do we know this? Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so here's the concept. Here's the idea. If your treasure is in God, then generosity is a non-issue to you. If, you're, if, you're, if your treasure is in God, then tithing is a non-issue for you because you know that it's, it's giving back to God what is God's and generosity is expressing and being grateful for what Christ has done in your heart. It's just one way through your finances that you are able to ex express the gratitude that you have for the grace and forgiveness that He has given to you in your life, in Jesus' name. But, uh, and here's the, here's the deeper issue. Here's one of the heart issues that we can face. Number four, generosity deals with our selfishness and scarcity mindsets. Generosity deals with our selfishness and scarcity mindsets. Proverbs 11 verse 24 says this, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. You know, this proverb isn't telling you that this is an investment strategy, that you're going to get richer <laughs> if you give more. Although, you know, the blessing of God can do amazing things. Here's the thing. It's not talking about gaining more riches. It's talking about you gaining true and real riches in your heart and in your life. To the one who gives freely, they grow richer in character. They grow richer in their perspective of that, that eternal perspective, realizing that life is short and that this life is only but a vapor, but realizing there is so much more on the other side of this life. And I want to live purpose in this life so that I can bring people with me to the other life. But the other, the, the, and another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. You know, the, the unfortunate thing for those who are constantly chasing riches is that they'll never be satisfied that they'll constantly be chasing riches. But for the one who is generous, the one who sees finances through God's eyes, they'll call themselves rich. Even though in comparison and culture, you might not be up to the rich standard. You might not be hitting that top 1%. Generosity deals 
with our selfishness and scarcity mindsets because it causes us to be others focused and it breaks the belief that we don't have enough. It breaks the belief that we don't have enough. Here's the thing. We were actually never made to earn our living. It was never the original intention of what God would have for us. In the garden, everything was provided for. And yes, God said to Adam and Eve to tend the garden, but it wasn't laborsome. It was a joy. It was a joy for them to tend to the amazing creation that God had given them. And everything that they could have ever needed was there ready for them. But unfortunately, they allowed brokenness to enter our world. And here we are now, yes, in a broken world, live, working to live. But here's the thing, we, and, and I understand that that's our context and that's where we're at right now. But what we don't want to do is to begin to uh, live life where we um, constantly say yes to this broken world and we're constantly striving to sustain this living and being bound by living that scarcity life, that mindset that I'm never going to have enough. I'm never going to have enough. But the truth is, is that God's got you. God's words got you. God's, God's promises that He will provide. Remembering all these things, everything that you need, I have the abundance and I'm able to richly provide for you. Come on, we don't want to be people who live for selfish gain or are bound by scarcity mindset, but we want to be people who are growing truly richer as we give out to others and we receive that richness from God. You know, for me, when I was a lot younger, 13, 14, for me, this realization that I was so blessed really kind of hit me uh, when I went on a missions trip to the Northern Territory. And I, I won't tell you the whole story. It's a, another story for another day. But I came back realizing how selfish I am, how, how blessed that I am, and realizing that without even knowing it, I had inherited this scarcity mindset but seeing other people in my own nation in my own country with less than me but more happier than me blew me away and it actually broke that mindset off me and allowed me to live life growing richer in character growing richer in true riches that God wants to bless me with here's number five generosity reveals the heart of God generosity reveals the heart of God you know, uh, generosity is one of those many words that we use to describe God because it is who He is. It's a part of His nature. He gave us this life. He gave you breath in your lungs today. He gave you His Son, His one and only Son. He gives us what we need in terms of how we, what we need to, to live. He also richly blesses us with spiritual blessings, with gifts and abilities and talents, and his heart is for the poor, and it's for the oppressed. It's his nature that he so cares that his heart is revealed in generosity. If we look at First John again, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? And so if, that, if that's true, the reverse is also true. If someone is expressing generosity, then the love of God is being revealed to others. The love of God is being reflected out into the community. And so this thought is this, that when we're generous, God's heart gets revealed to our community. That when we're generous to the person that doesn't know Christ, even if something as simple as paying for a coffee 
or, or paying for their lunch or, or, or they're in trouble and, you're, you're, and you hear about it and you go out of your way to be generous, you're actually expressing the very nature of God to that person. And it's a way that you can actually win or express or evangelize to that person the message and heart of Jesus. You still with me this morning? I've got a few more. I'm, I'm just spitting these things out. Generosity, number six, is a test of your faith. It's a test of your faith. As we just read before, how can the love of God be in that person? It's a test. If we're willing to take it, that generosity can be a test that we pass. It reveals, it refines. If, if we're generous, it refines us and reveals if we truly are following the heart of God. Because if the nature of God is generosity, then we as believers need to be developing that nature of God in our life as we're wanting to become more and more Christ-like. James takes it further in chapter 2. So you see, and we've probably all heard this before, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, uh, now, uh, someone, now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So generosity is another test. It's another test that we get to go through that God uses to refine us and make us more and more like Christ. And the question is whether you believe that God is your provider or not. Again, kind of the same question here as it is with tithing. Are you going to believe that God's going to provide? And as we take another step into what God's called us to do with generosity, you might be thinking, I actually can't afford to be generous it's another opportunity for you to trust God that as you're generous, He will actually be able to sustain you and give you what you need in Jesus' name. As we read before, 1 Timothy, teach those who are rich not to be proud and not to trust in their money, but their trust should be in God. That we're trusting God, that we're taking that test. You say, you know what, God, I am going to trust you for my finances. And I'm also going to trust that you're going to provide for me so that I can be a blessing to others and express you out into my community and into my world. Number seven, generosity is expressed in many ways. It's expressed in many ways. You know, generosity isn't just limited to money. There's so many other ways that we can be generous in our life. We can be generous in our time, how we serve people, how we're with people, one way we can be generous with our time is serving in church. But more than that, we can serve wherever we are called to in the world that God has called us to. If, you know, if someone at work asks you to help them and it, maybe it's after hours, are you going to be that person that's, that's going to stay back and serve and give of your time? Be, be generous. Uh, generous is also giving of your talents. Uh, being a listening ear is so generous. It's, it's something that people are craving for. Being generous with our emotions as we hear people and we uh, cry with them and, and we're with them. Being generous in our words. Man, a word of encouragement can literally not only change someone's day, it could totally change the direction of someone's life. The Bible talks about in Proverbs that there is power in the tongue. There's power to tear someone down. Or there's power to build someone up. We need to be generous in our words, generous in deeds, generous with our bodies. We can, we can give blood. And again, volunteering, we're using our physical body to uh, be generous. And of course, we can be generous with our possessions. When I was, a, uh, when I, was uh, I was about to say when I was young, I'm still young. But you know, when I was, when I was 15, 
uh, this amazing woman of God, this pastor, saw that I was learning, learning the guitar, but I didn't have a guitar at home. My parents were like, Sam, we've played for drum lessons. You know, it's not time to learn guitar. I'm like, oh, but I really want to learn guitar. And I wasn't really faithful in practicing drums. My parents weren't really uh, interested in investing in some more lessons for another instrument. But I was really loving guitar. And uh, this lady, she actually saw that passion in me. And she had a guitar that she wasn't using. And so she gifted me this guitar. And man, I was just like, wow, this is incredible. Like, I've got this guitar. And it wasn't just like a, you know, like a nylon string guitar that the, the guitars in year three and four, it wasn't one of those. It was one of those you could plug in, you know, like this one up here. Like, you can plug it in, you know, you can do many things with it. And it was amazing. That guitar blessed me for years and years. And uh, actually, only last year, I was leading worship uh, for a pastor's gathering. And uh, uh, this lady came, and I hadn't seen her for a long time. And she kind of actually walked in late. But as I was leading worship, she walked in. She saw me leading worship with my guitar. And we both just had this moment where she just received the blessing of her blessing me. She just was able to receive this worship from me because she'd gifted this guitar to me. And I went up to her afterwards. It had been years since I'd seen her. And probably in my younger years, I probably wasn't as thankful as what I should have been. But I just said, thank you so much. I honestly would not have been able to do what I do today and what I've been doing for a long time if it wasn't for your generosity. And it so blessed her life as well as it did my life. And this leads me to my last point, number eight. Generosity will bless you. Generosity will bless you. Now notice, this isn't my first point. This is my last point. (laughs) But the truth is, generosity will bless you. We don't bless people to receive, we're blessed to give. We, we don't give to receive, but we are blessed to be able to bless others. But the truth is, when it comes to God's kingdom and He's set the laws for how His kingdom would work, uh, he, he says that when you bless others, you will also be blessed yourself. Again, we don't want the motive of, oh, I'm going to give today so that I'm going to get. We give out of gratitude. We give because it's a command from Scripture. But the amazing thing is that as we're faithful to give, God will also bless us. Luke, uh, Luke 6 verse 38 says this, Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, more poured in, more running over, more will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Esther and I went to the movies a couple months ago. saw an amazing movie, but there was this lolly section. And, uh, you know, like the old school, the old school, you scoop it yourself, right? But they had this plastic uh, thing that you put the lollies in. And uh, they didn't make, they don't make plastic like they used to, you know? Like it was real, a lot more tougher when I was a young kid, or maybe I'm, I'm a bit more stronger today. But, you know, they weigh this, these lollies by the kilo when you, when you get to the counter, right? So you're choosing the fluffy clouds to make sure that it doesn't weigh so much and all this stuff. Anyway, we are shoving this thing in pressed down, shaken together, running over. We get to the counter, the lid's just on this lolly packet. But we forget that it, it's, it's, it's weighed. So we're going to pay the price anyway. But that's that picture, pressed down, shaken together, trying to put as much in. The measure that you use towards other people, what that means is how much you bless others will be how much God will give back to you. The measure you use, will it'll be measured Back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be given back to you. Proverbs 11, verse 25, 25, the generous will prosper. I love this. And those who refresh others 
will themselves be refreshed. Come on, we know at Christmas time that we are excited to receive the gifts from other people, but there's that one or maybe two gifts that we've really thought about and we're like, I can't wait for that person to open that gift. It's that moment where even though you've given and it's cost you something and your bank account has depleted a little bit, you're blessed, you're refreshed as you see that person receiving that blessing, receiving that giving. How much more that when we bless someone for kingdom purposes. Christmas is awesome, but how much more when we bless people to see them come into the kingdom of God. Oh my gosh, you will be so refreshed. There is nothing like leading someone to Jesus. And it could take all the conversation. It could take all the effort. It could take years, but I'm telling you, the reward of leading someone to Jesus, there is nothing like it. You will be so refreshed as you see people come to Christ as you live that generous life. And Jesus says in Acts 20, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Awesome. I'm almost finished this morning. Those are just a few thoughts on generosity. And I did say I'd like to speak about some practicality. So that's kind of the concept. That's kind of the idea of generosity. Uh, but here, here are some practical things that we can do that we can take home today. How do we be generous? Number one, we live open-handed. And we've already kind of spoken about that. But open-handed, not just with our finances, but is your home open to people? As a place of hospitality, as a place where, where people are maybe doing it tough, that you're able to bring them in within reason, with boundaries, making sure that you know, your family's first safe. But is, is your home open-handed? Is your time open-handed? Is, is, your, is your love, are your prayers open-handed? Are you, are you just praying about yourself or are you praying about others throughout your week as well? We've, we've talked about that one. Here's number two, budget to be generous. Budget to be generous. You know, uh, moments of generosity kind of just pop up when we're least expecting it, right? It's like, oh gosh, like here's a, here's a moment for me to be generous. And without us being prepared, we can get caught doing the, oh, oh doing the, you know, the, the shake, it's like the tap, it's like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. My wallet, I left my wallet at home. I never carry my wallet anymore. I've got my card on my phone. And unfortunately, because that's the case for me, whenever someone asks me for something or they need help, I have to say, oh gosh, like I actually don't have something in my hand physically right now. And of course, I offer to them, hey, would you like me to take you into the store? I'd love to kind of give and, and help you out. But we need to actually be prepared to be generous that we need a budget to be generous. And this was kind of the, the picture of that Greek word that we read before, that we're ready to distribute, that we're ready, that we're prepared. And so again, as believers, we don't order and use our finances the way that maybe the world does, but that we listen to the Word of God and we hear how we're called to this generous life. And so it gets down to the practical, detailed level. My, my challenge to you is this, have you budgeted to be generous. You know, um, Esther and I, a few years ago, were at this pastor's gathering, and this pastor from New Zealand of a, of a significant church began to describe to us pastors, he was teaching us how he kind of uh, orders his finances, and he got down to this last point, and he said he has this thing called a seed account. And he literally every week puts a percentage of whatever comes into his bank account into this seed account, and so that whenever a moment of generosity uh, kind of happens and it does it just randomly happens that he doesn't have to ask his wife 
He doesn't even have to ask himself, do I have the finances to be generous? He's actually got a pool of money ready to go instantly that he, he just like, yeah, I've actually got those finances. And Esther and I actually implemented that with our finances. And it was so amazing because as youth pastors, post-youth post Maccas runs were just life. That was just Friday nights. So every Friday night, there we are at Maccas. I'm downing a double quarter pounder. Even though last week I told myself I'm not going to down a double quarter pounder. I've lost a lot of weight since I finished youth ministry. Thank you, Jesus. And, uh, you know, we were like, man, we, we're giving out so much money with this with this Macca's runs. And we said, you know what? We actually need to budget this and put this aside. And so when Esther and I did go to Macca's with our young people, we didn't. there was no discussion. It was like, yep, we've got that money ready to go. We're actually able to bless young people. And instead of doing the dance, as a young person always never brings their wallet to youth ministry, instead of going like, oh, like, should I? It's like, yep, I got it. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to bless. I'm ready to be generous. I'm ready. I'm financially, practically, spiritually ready to be generous to people. And so my challenge to you is this. We want to be people who give of the tithe, bring back into the house of God. But also, my challenge to you is to budget generosity. Of course, make sure you budget the needs and the necessities in your life, but also put aside something so that you can bless people as God provides you an opportunity. Because number three, how do we be generous? Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. You know, every day the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. He is. It's not that He's silent. He's constantly speaking. And if we are ready and able to listen to what He has to say, we would be amazed at the opportunities of blessing that He's kind of orchestrating and allowing to happen in our life. And so the challenge here is this. Every day, once you've got those funds set aside, every day as you spend your time with God, just say, hey God, today give me a moment to be generous. And you know what? You might be at the checkout and there might be someone in front of you and they've, they've filled up the whole carousel and there's nothing left. And you, you're tired. You can't be bothered doing the self-service and you're waiting and it's taking a while. And the Holy Spirit might say to you, pay for that person's groceries. Again, you, you don't have a moment to really question it because you have those funds set aside because you've budgeted. And as you're obedient to the voice of God, you're able to come in and bless people and provide for them random amazing acts of kindness and generosity in our community. This is pastor uh, in America, and he uh, lives by the practice that he has a $100 bill in his wallet, $100 note, they call it bill over there in the US of A. And uh, he, he has a $100 bill in his wallet at all times, and he waits for the prompting of the Holy Spirit to give it to someone. And so he's been doing this for years. And he actually tells his story how one day he was leaving church and uh, he was asked to give this $100 bill. But he was asked, actually, God said, don't, don't give, just give the 100 but give the 20 And he's kind of like, God, uh, that's not how this works. We, we have an agreement. It's 100 and uh, the, the 20 is kind of mine. Little did he know that there was this lady in his congregation that day that actually had been wrestling whether she should tithe or not. And for the first time in a long time, she'd earned $1,000. And so she's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give $100. And then God said to her, actually, today, give me $120. And she's like, God, I've just, I've just kind of been okay with the concept of tithing. Now you ask me to give above and beyond my tithe to be generous. Anyway, after the wrestle, she gives. She runs out to the car park. This pastor says, hey, here is $120. The Lord has asked me to give it to you this day. 
amazing story of how God was speaking to one person, challenging them. And what we might even say is someone who was seasoned in generosity, God was still challenging their heart. God was still challenging them to be generous. And this amazing story how they were both blessed as they were generous and obedient to the voice of God in their life. What does this look like for you? It looks like you just being ready and open to hearing the Holy Spirit to be generous where God has placed you in the calling and in the world and the sphere that God has placed you in. Whether you're working uh, in the business sector, whether you're working in a trade, whether you're working uh, in, in a hospital situation or aged care, whether you're working in schools, whether you're at uni or studying right now, whether you're even in high school, what is God, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you and how can you be generous in your world? In conclusion today, I want to read out Matthew 6 one last time. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. You know, in the first message of this series, we highlighted, highlighted that battle, the battle of earthly or eternal treasures. And through generosity and also through tithing, that's how we win that battle. And that's how we actually put our money where our mouth is and outlive the call of generosity in our life. That we're not living to store up here. Not that possessions or anything is wrong, but that we're living to be generous as people come across our path and in our life.